Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Be true to yourself, or as Shakespeare puts it, to thine own self be true. Being true to yourself is not a new concept, I know, and it is kind of this simple little self-help catchphrase, but actually being true to yourself, really living your truth, is incredibly important and incredibly difficult at times, especially when being true to yourself means that you might be going against what society expects of you or what your family wants or what your friends expect. Today, we're going to explore what it means to truly be true to yourself and walk that path even when it's not easy. Leading the way is the amazing Jorge Cruz. He has written so many books. New York Times bestselling author. He's been on every major TV show there is. I remember seeing him for the first time in the 1990s on the Oprah Winfrey show, and I've been a huge fan of his. He is known to be a personal trainer to the stars, but in his recent book, it is so personal and he talks about his own journey and that's what we're really talking about here this idea of being true to yourself even when it's difficult if you enjoy this podcast and if you enjoy this show please leave a great review on itunes it's incredibly encouraging and it really does make a difference so if you want to keep hearing these shows for free please leave a great review i would so appreciate it This show is sponsored by thetappingsolution.com. We have a brand new website. It's stunning. You can go and read about the research and science behind tapping. You can still download the free tapping meditation for relieving stress in the morning and evening. And there's a lot of great goodies. So check out thetappingsolution.com. And finally, if you love this show, share it. It is an act of love. So spread the love. Enjoy. true to yourself, or as Shakespeare puts it, to thine own self be true. Being true to yourself is not a new concept, and it is a simple phrase, but actually living your truth can be difficult, especially when being true to yourself may mean going against what society, your family, or friends want or expect. Today we are going to explore what it truly means to be true to yourself, even when it feels scary, from a man who walks this path. Jorge, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure, Jessica. I'm such a huge fan of your work, and I'm just thrilled to be on, on your on your podcast here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love speaking to you today because I finished your book this morning, The Three Choices, oh <laughs> and I was so moved and Especially in the beginning, I know that this, you've been on a big journey, it's taken a lot of courage, and your your message is something that so many people will resonate with you with. So my first question, you had a moment in your life when you were hitting a peak. You know, you've been successful for many years, and you had this moment when you had a New York Times bestseller, and you were on TV, and you were a celebrity trainer, 
and you still didn't feel as happy as you expected to feel. Can you no, tell us a yeah. bit about that moment? Yeah. Yeah, no, let me share with everyone listening. And thank you for, again for having me on here. And, you know, I've been really blessed. I'm 46 years old and I've had an incredible life. You know, I was uh, discovered by Oprah Winfrey in 1998 and that launched my career. And, you know, since then I've written 30, this is my 33rd book, Jessica. Wow. So I've had a, an incredible, uh, you know, uh, career as an author and loved every minute because, you know, every book, you know, you get to meet beautiful people, you go on trips and tours and you talk with people like Barbara Walters to Oprah to, you know, S Steve Harvey, you know, and I've been blessed to work and now have clients that a lot of these people that met me, you know, from Oprah to Steve Harvey to most recently, I was just on a show uh, on E! with uh, with a lot of well-known celebrity fitness trainers, and we helped so many people change their lives. And I talk about one of them in, on page five of the new book, The Three Choices. This gal, Lauren, who was 274 pounds, but was never her true self and never really, uh, never able to be herself because she blamed herself for a passing and a death in her family. And when she just hated that person that she thought she was, which she wasn't, you know, she was so scared of being this woman who who hurt her family unintentionally, that she just ate herself over a hundred pounds. And for me, you know, I had a life that for me growing up in a Catholic Mexican family as a small little boy who didn't know he shouldn't have played with, I, I was given when I was 10 years old, I talk about in the book, a, a little doll, a strawberry shortcake doll, Jessica, that uh, somehow one of my mom's friends knew I must have liked strawberries or strawberry shortcake or saw me watching the cartoon once back in, you know, back in the day when I was a kid. And I know that I was like, wow, I was so embarrassed when this person gave me this doll. It was in private. I was like, I can't believe I got a doll. I'm a boy. I'm not supposed to play with dolls. And, and yet at the same time, the next day, the doll disappeared because I was raised mainly by my grandmother. And so I had a life where my affirmation of who I was really on the inside was never allowed to come out on the outside. And it was hard, you know, because when you're a little kid and you're told not to be a way that you don't even know what that way is, and you're only supposed to be a certain way, you end up losing a part of yourself. And that's what I had done. And the three choices is really about understanding how to find that lost self again, you know, and really how to connect so you can make that something that's just not a part of you, but resonates. And that way you can go after visions and dreams people have in their life, because so many of us I was lucky. I was very lucky that my dream was to be a fitness trainer and, and help, you know, many people. And through my books, we've sold, you know, more than 9 million books and all that. And I've been blessed to work with even President Clinton, Bill Clinton, and many people. And through all that, eight years ago, Jessica, and this gets now, finally, I can answer your question. My life unraveled and it all came apart. Everything fell apart. I, I really stepped into the unknown and I was so frightened to finally claim who I was because it wasn't something I wanted to do to my own family, to my, to my wife at the time, my two children, my grandmother, who was 102 at the time, didn't want me wow. to, she was still around. I mean, this is crazy. It was just like seven, almost eight years ago now. And so, you know, if I can share with you guys how I got through the most painful things in, in, in life and turned it into power. That's what this book is all about, Jessica. It's about giving people simple, practical tools three choices that I made in my life that if anyone's going through a divorce, a death, a life reset, maybe they're, they're finally being more genuine with who they are and they feel like they've 
they've lived a little bit of a, of a, of a, not a lie, but they were naive and didn't know who they were, whatever that is. And you have that vision or that, that feeling that there's more that you need in life and that whatever you have now isn't enough because eight years ago, I had a gorgeous home with an elevator in it, you know, four levels, had all the Porsches, all the toys, but I'd come home, Jessica, and I was empty, empty, sad. And I didn't know what it was. I just knew there was something more than these things as I finally achieved success and I wasn't happy. Right. So that's why I wrote this book. And, and, you know, my dear friend, as you know, Reed Tracy, who runs Hay House, encouraged me almost five years ago to tell this story. And I said, Reed, I'm not ready to tell it. I'm a fitness trainer. This isn't my lane. I like to stay in my lane. I like to talk about exercise and belly fat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and working out. But he's like, Jorge, you got to do this. He's like, you got a story to tell. And it was very powerful. And he convinced me over a lunch to do this. And, and so it took five years to do it. He was very patient. He's a great, you know, Reed, he's an amazing man <laughs> and encouraged me. And I, you know, can't tell you how much Hay House got me to finally realize that this story had to be told, you know, it was kind of like my eat, pray, love. It was my journey of, you know, paying the power. And it's, yeah. and it's not, what you, everyone probably listening is like, oh my God, this sounds too heavy. This is too hard. I can't do this. But literally your life can change in an instant. And that's what this book does. It gives people three simple choices that literally within minutes can make anyone feeling stressed. Even if it's just the boss yelling at you or your kids, if you're a parent or you know, teenagers, like I have a 13 year old and luckily he's a good one, but I hear stories of teenagers that aren't the best. And they're parents that are drinking way too much wine at night, you know, and they're, they feel like, oh, my God, my life is crazy. So if it's your kids or your boss, there's a way to turn off that stress and literally turn that pain into power where then you're you flip it, you know, and you're able to to instantly and quickly within minutes, literally minutes, not days and weeks. And it's not you don't have to go to Italy and then you don't have to go to India and you don't have to eat, pray, love. You can do it at home. And you can do it quickly. Right. And that's what this book is about. It's about giving people solutions, three simple solutions, choices that will totally empower them quickly. Right. And so maybe we can talk about that, Jessica, whatever you think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, a, a comment and a question before we Please, dive into yes. that. I think what's Tell so me. fascinating about your story is that you had all of the success. And I think that's important to yeah. note because sometimes we think if only I had more money or if only I had, ah. <laughs> only if I had a relationship or if only I had something, I'd feel better when we're not admitting to ourselves what our heart truly desires. We're kind of going after those things that we think that yeah. society tells us. Like if you have this, this and that, you're going to be happy. And you had all those things and you realized yes, yes, that that didn't brilliant. make you happy. But what I'm one of the questions I have for you is maybe yeah. people haven't been in your exact situation, but I think we've all had an experience where there is a voice inside of us telling us that we yes. want something, but it goes against maybe what our our, the expectations our family put on us or what a friend might think or family at any time I truly believe anytime you follow a dream yes. it's unsettling yes. for other people so it can be very it much can so. and be. even family members and even family because I had my own grandmother like I shared with you Jessica who I know she loved me to death literally but it's I would have to say it was her her loving unfortunately that held me in a place where I shouldn't have remained for 39 years because I didn't really realize any of this eight years ago. And like I said, I'm 46. So I was 39, Jessica, when I finally had my aha moment. And 
I think that's why I wrote this book is for anyone out there that needs to to do what you just said. When say it one more time, Jessica, for anyone listening that's really in a place like what were you saying it was so powerful. In, in, a, in a place when you feel a voice that's telling you to yes, do something, but yes. you're pausing because you're scared of other people's reaction. Like, what would you say to them for those who think this is what I want, but I'm scared of what yeah. my abuela will think or my mom? No, my abuelita. <laughs> no, of course, probably. The most powerful quote I ever got was I was on a photo shoot for O Magazine with Oprah and a woman named Martha Beck. And I talk about Martha Beck in the book. She is a thought leader of Oprah's and she's done many Super Soul Sundays and all these wonderful things with Oprah in the past. And she was on the original Oprah show like 20 years ago and all that. And I'm sure you've, you've, you know of Martha Beck. Or I'm if a fan, out, yeah. Huge work. She's an amazing woman, very similar background as me and wasn't living her true self. And Martha gave me this quote. Uh, at the photo shoot, we were doing it for O Magazine. It was fun and all that. But she said behind the scenes, and she just said this, and this was before I came out, and this is many years ago. This is probably 10 years ago. And this, my story unraveled eight years ago. So this is at least two years before him. But I always remembered her words. And she talked about how you know what to do when you simply, because she's like, often in life, we don't know what to do. Like, do we go in the direction of our heart or what our family or others have told us to do. And she's like, when you're in that fork in the road and you're not sure to go right or left, she's like, you simply pick the, the, the choice that feels like freedom. Mm. And she's like, if it feels like freedom, that's the one to pick. And, you know, it's hard, but I remember the day I had an employee and I talk about this, like on page 20 something in the book, uh, and I talk about it in the first choice, because choice one is be imperfectly you. And it's understanding that we're all imperfect and we have a happy code. And in that in that part of the book, I talk about uh, a staff member of mine because I had a loving staff at the time working for me in San Diego. We were based uh, 10 years ago, I guess. And so eight years ago when this was happening, someone uh, got wind that my wife and I at the time had separated and we were still very intent on making our marriage work and our family and you know, my biggest thing was my kids, my two sons, and I just didn't want to not make this work. I didn't want to have regret that I didn't try. So we were going through marriage counseling and all that. And I had a friend uh, and an office mate um, that worked for us uh, say, congratulations on, you know, moving out. And I see you're much peaceful now. I was like, well, we're going through counseling and all that. They said, but when are you going to come out? And I was like, what do you mean come out of what? They said, well, you're gay. And I'm like, I'm not gay. I said, I'm working with my wife on a marriage council where we're, we're just struggling like most people do, you know, and it's happened. And they're like, oh, Jorge, you're gay. And it was so difficult for me to hear that. And I refused it. And luckily, this person is very uh, kind of smart mouthed a little bit and felt like I needed a wake up call. No one had, had ever done this to me in my whole life. And I was 39 years old. They said, I'm going to send you an email whether you like it or not tonight. Read some links I'm sending. I'm like, send what you want, but I'm not gay. So I read these links that night and it was eye-opening because I had this science on biology about how being gay is not a choice. And I was like, oh. I was like that moment where I felt like I asked myself what Martha Beck just said, you know, she's like, what feels like freedom? Because I was working for, we were married eight years and it was an eight year uh, marriage, but we were together three years prior. And it was so easy when she and I just worked together. But when we started to raise a family and there was more of that and then the intimacy issues and all that. It just was always hard work. I felt like being married 
was like, I don't know, like being a supermodel. It was, you had to go work out. You had, it was never effortless. It was never mm. easy. It was always like becoming a character for a, a film. I'm sure what, what film actors have to, I had to get into character. I had to be this husband. It was always hard. And I always felt like I wasn't, I was very complimentary to my wife and I loved her and she's a great woman. We worked together for eight years. We made, you know, she's the reason why we did so many books. Great lady. But, you know, I just, we never had that thing that you hear about in the storybooks and you never hear, you hear about these people like Romeo and Juliet and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is a business. This is, this is what it's like. And I just thought in that moment though, I thought of Martha, that one moment I thought, if I'm gay, I let my say it for a second. I said, well, then I don't have to fix anything. I was like, mm. oh my God, that would be like, and I breathed, I took a deep breath for a second and it felt like a thousand pounds were taken off my back because I, I let for a second the idea that if I was this thing, well, then I don't have, I mean, like, I'm like, oh, then my whole life is easy. Like, cause I just have to be me. But I, I was so scared because, and I said, well, I'm not gay. I said, but if I did, it would be easy, but I'm not gay. So then not, at least that the thought entered my mind and it was Martha Beck's question and thought about what feels like freedom. And so I'd offered anyone watching or not watching, I guess we're, we're, it's audio, <laughs> anyone <laughs> listening, I offered anyone listening that if you have two decisions in front of you, whether it can be a big deal, like do I, you know, scream back at my boss or do I, you know, it could be something silly like that or do I, you know, do something with my spouse and maybe we got to go see a counselor or maybe it's this relationship is over. Or I need to start a relationship or I mean a big life thing or it could be a little thing. If you can pick the choice that in your heart feels like freedom, what gives you happiness, what would be part of your happy code. And I talk about that in the in choice one about how to, how to find that happy code. Maybe we can give you a little insight on how we did it. But for me, it was the simple question that Martha Beck shared. And I just said, you know what? Wow. Because the other option of going to the marriage counseling and all that, I mean, I'd been doing that prior and we had tried a little bit of that and it was always so it didn't feel genuine, you know, Jessica, I just felt forced. And I was like, oh, but I wanted it so bad. It's like when you see these girls in high heels, like these stilettos, and they're falling down and they want to be so graceful walking <laughs> on high heels, but they're literally, they're not meant for them. They should be wearing sneakers. And then you know they want to wear sneakers and yet they're falling just to look like the way they want to look to the world. You know, they want to look chic and elegant and have long legs. So they put on these shoes that torture them but on the inside, they're like, oh, I can't wait to take them off. That's what I felt like. You know what I'm saying, Jessica? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think so many people can relate to that experience. So yeah. to tell us a bit about, you know, I know the first choice yes, is yes, let's talk about it. to be imperfectly you. And especially uh, coming from a fitness background, working with so many celebrities, this perfectionism yeah. thing, it's an issue. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's what makes Hollywood... That's why it's called show business, because it's all about what you show the world. And it's all it's what I would call optics. It's more what people show you than what's genuine. And yet to be happy as much as we all want to be in high heels walking around like we're supermodels. I'm afraid most women I've met, even movie stars, have trouble walking in high heels because it's not natural. Right. <laughs> it's very pretty. I mean, it's gorgeous, you know, on camera if you're into high heels. But, you know, I have some friends that are well-known actresses that 
you know, just hate those shoes, but on camera, they put on a good show. So it is, it is rampant. And what choice one is, and it's on page 15 in the book for people that may have it, it talks about really understanding that we're all imperfect. And I literally start the chapter saying that we're all imperfect, which is a truth. I mean, we really are um, human. I mean, even, I hate to say it, even the, the, the artificial intelligence a lot of us have on our phones, whether it's Google or Siri, they're not perfect. So I don't know anything that is perfect, you know, and nothing yeah. is perfect. And so with that, it takes the pressure off, but that's not enough. Cause a lot of people will say, Oh, I get that. I'm not perfect. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And it's not just talk. It's about understanding. Well, if you're not perfect, then take it further. And so what I have in the book is this section that, I mean, we can do one of them maybe so I can share a little bit with everyone listening and with you, Jessica, yes. because I call it the happy code. And it's a simple way to understand yourself better. And it's saying, all right, you got certain ways to be. And as much as you may think you are a high heel type of girl or you're straight or whatever it is you are, you're meant to do this, A option. Wouldn't it be shocking if you were actually meant to do B? You're like, no, no, I'm meant to be A. Because my mom, my grandma, I mean, the movies, the Kardashians are doing it. Everyone's doing it. I have to do it too. And you're like, and you do it. And yet you're like, I'm not good at it. I don't like this. And that little voice, unless the little voice says, I love it. If the little voice says, what are you doing? This is, this is too hard. This is like, if that little voice doesn't feel like it's happy too, then it most likely isn't the right decision. But see, we're, that's too much. You have to stop thinking and only feel. And what I've noticed, especially with celebrities in Los Angeles, and I'm in Malibu, so I have so many people I work with just locally here that are in midlife. You know, a lot of celebrities live in Malibu that are in midlife that have been very successful in the 80s and 90s. And now they're here and now they're trying to reset their 40s and 50s to be what it wasn't, you know. And I take them through this happy code. So imagine having five types of energy in your body. There's the energy code. And this is on page 46, Jessica. Energy code. There's what I call the control code. That's on page 47. Uh, there's an attachment code on 48, intimacy, and then spiritual code. And so what I do, and it's very simple, I take people through any one of these codes. Do you have a preference, Jessica, one that you would like me to take you through? It just takes a minute. Yes. What do you think? Spiritual, um, intimacy, well, attachment. Your control code, passive or active. Can you tell us a bit Ooh. about that? Yes, let's do that. Yeah. So that's on page 47 in the book. And basically all these energy codes, if you will, these codes um, are basically how we how we think of ourselves, but indirectly. So let me give you the first. Uh, there's five simple questions. There's an A and a B. So everyone listening, this is about understanding whether your energy uh, of control is more, you kind of go with the flow, more passive, or you're a little more hands-on and more active. And you know, I did this uh, about two months ago when we kicked off the book in New York with the editor-in-chief of Latina Magazine. Her dear friend of mine, her name is Robin, and she runs Latina. And she was very, uh, very clear that she was a very go-with-the-flow girl, and she this was her, her new direction. She had been at Latina, came back after a few years sabbatical, and she's this, this really lovely, light lady but she's very controlling and she didn't know it. <laughs> and we did it on air and she's like, Jorge, you're right. It's, it is me. And I'm like, Robin, you have to embrace your fire, your fiery girl. You're not this really quiet girl. Either or are both, both are fine. But it really helped her reclaim her true identity, which she had been trying to, to, to kind of bury. So with this one, this is called the control code. And it's either you're passive or you're active, which 
simply means that. And so the first question, I'll, I'll run it by you, Jessica. Okay. And everyone listening, do this with us at home. Uh, the first question, this is the A, kind of like when you're at the eye doctor and you say, hey, does this look better with A or with B? You just tell me what resonates with you, Jessica. You be the example. What feels better with you, either A or B? Sound okay. good? Sounds good. All right. So here's A. It's more fun to be a passenger in a car than a driver. That's A. And B would be, I prefer to be the driver in a car rather than the passenger. That's B. Which one is, resonates more with you as freedom, for you, as Martha would say? I'm going to say A, and I'm also going to mention to the listeners, do this as well. Yeah. Mark your A and B. We'll all do it together. Yeah, yeah. Please, guys, do it together. Absolutely. And we'll talk about this. And we'll okay. have some affirmations that will come from it. Perfect. Absolutely. Yep. Second question. So you're A on the first one. Yes. Uh, and here's the second question with A and then B. A is, in the workplace, I enjoy executing tasks that I'm given. So that's A. B is, I enjoy being the leader and teaching others new school skills. That's B. So A or B, Jessica? Oh man, I, I like I feel I feel like I want to say B, but like honestly, it's A. <laughs> like, Which one do you feel? So you so tell me that your first. What's the little voice say? Was the little voice the first one or the second one? The little voice was the first one. Like, give me a task and let me run with it. See, that's you. I would say go with the little voice. So let's yeah. call it. I know we're shaking the boat here, but let's go for it. Okay. Okay. So, because you enjoy being a leader and teaching others new skills. I mean, you're I do. doing it right. Yeah. Right. All right. So that's B. All right. Let's go to the third question. All right. I, this is the A. I believe in destiny. I trust in the path that is meant for me. So that's all A. I believe in destiny. And here's B. I believe that I'm in charge of my own fate. That's the B. So a little difference there. But A or B on you, Jessica? Which one do you think? It's A again. <laughs> Do you believe in sure. destiny? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, all right. Now let's go to the next question, the fourth one. Here's the A. I'm drawn to leaders and decisive people who know what they want. That's the A. And the B is I'm drawn to people who can take direction and execute my vision. That's the B. I am drawn to people. So a B. I'm drawn to people who can take B. direction and execute my vision. Yes. Okay. Very good. 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 I, I can feel that it was very decisive. It was like no. You were like, you know, you're like Oprah. Like you know what you want. You're like you know like. And then and and I think in today's world, women are feeling more comfortable by saying what you just said because you know some people and men too you know aren't comfortable with that. But good. You're right in the middle. Then all right. right. So here's the last one. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Here it is. Hey, if any obstacle appears, I patiently wait for it to work itself out. And B is, I prefer to be the person who makes final decisions. That's the B. Mm, I prefer to be the person who makes final decisions. Well, you're like my friend at Latina Magazine a little bit because, you know, your majority right now has put you more in the active role. And, you know, and as a, I mean, I would consider you as well a fellow thought leader here. You know, you're more of, not that you're not able to follow other folks, but I feel like you weigh a little more on being more active. And so, you know, let me now share with you the affirmations that go with people that are more active than passive. And now this will be the final, like, this is how we'll know if this is you or not. Because when I say these affirmations, there's only three. They should automatically feel like they're a part of you. Like what I'm saying about you, like, how did you know that about me, Jorge? How do you know this? You've never even met me. And, and it's like, I know you. So you ready? It'll be spooky, but you'll love it. Okay, or, or it'll be awesome. And then we'll know you're more, you're more passive. But let's see. So here it is. 
the first affirmation. It's on page 47. If anyone's following along with the book, it says, I'm in control of my own life. I make smart, calculated plans for my future. Does that feel like it could be part of what you would say to yourself, Jessica? Yes. Okay, beautiful. Next affirmation. When I take charge, things run smoothly. Leading others is a is a responsibility and a delight. Does that feel like your aura, maybe? It feels not as true as the other affirmations above that I see. Ooh, you mean from the A column or just from the B? From from the um, like the the from the A column because I had three A's and two B's, and when I look at these, this is what. I learned looking at this. Tell me, tell me. I feel better myself when I trust yes, in the universe, yes. when I like go with the Ooh. flow, when I'm patient with things. That feels like my nature, but I struggle Ooh. with that because I f- also feel like, no, you got to go for it. You got to take action. And the, the right. challenge I have in my life that I'm always working on is, and my hus- my husband is always like, can you stop trying to solve problems that don't exist? Because I'll like project <laughs> into the future and I'll like think of yes, pro- a problem that doesn't exist yet. And then I'll find like solution A, B and C. And he'll be like, you're driving yourself nuts. Like that's not even a problem that needs solving yet. And the moment he says it and I let it go, I feel like myself again. Right. Right. Well, here's what I would say. And this is just my perspective and I'm not like some fortune teller and you know, I don't have a unicorn. I don't, I can't give you that much kind of optics and you know, I'm just a trainer in Malibu, but you know, I've worked with people like Oprah and Steve Harvey and they've given me some other best advice. And you know, most recently I shared this with Steve and he's having me on his show in September to talk about this because he's written books about going after your dreams. And I feel like with, with what you just said, and I don't know if you heard what you were sharing, but I'm sure if I repeat it, it'll like vibrate in you and you'll hear it. But you have, you seem to have a way that you are and a way that you've been taught to be, you know? Yeah. And a lot of us are a way and, and, and we're taught things too. And, you know, I was taught to be a good Catholic and the number one thing a Catholic doesn't do, you can't even get divorced, let alone be gay. And so, you know, that really put me in a place where if I ever was, you know, at a gym and I was working out with some friends that were very in great shape, I would never look at them too much as I wouldn't think I was gay, but yet I'm drawn to, to muscular men. I, I know that about myself now. You know, I love women, but you know, I, I want to help them lose weight, but I'm not like, not, it's a different type of energy. And there was a battle in my head about like, oh, who am I? What am I? So I had to like, just take a minute and kind of imagine a clean white piece of paper in front of you, Jessica. And then just think, you know, if you were Jessica at nine years old, without a lot of rules put on you, and this is a Jessica that may have never had this child, because I never had a Jorge who at nine years old wasn't told what to do. I was told continuously what to do and how to be since I was born. You know, I was programmed by my grandmother. And I talk about that in the book. She really had a path for me. My my mother was an actress in, in the film industry, and I think she wanted me to do that as well. And so I had a certain way to stand and be, and I mean, everything. I had rules on what I could, I mean, it was, she was very domineering, you know? And so for me, that happened to me for so many years. Her thoughts, I thought her thoughts were my thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Because I really thought that was me. And yet when I said and asked myself, but here's what I would just ask yourself. Think of what Martha Beck told me uh, in this meeting. I talked about in the book too, but this idea, when you think between you doing what your husband says to stop, and letting go and trusting, 
and doing what he's suggesting, or you're doing what your natural kind of tensity seems to be pulling in. You're like, I'm going to get in there and fix this because that's who you are, possibly. I don't know. Which one for you feels more like freedom, though? Not more, more delightful or calming, but which one feels more like I got this and, and it feels like freedom, the one where you go and fix it yourself and try to solve it before it maybe even breaks, or you just let go and you like trust? I know they both sound good, yes. but which one feels it's, more like to you, though? That's yeah, core. my my core, my nature would be let me find the solutions before let me Thanks. let me just run with it. Yes, and so uh, my my thought to you would be to embrace that this week and do these affirmations. Even the one I said to you that didn't feel good about what did I say? When I take charge, things run smoothly. Leading others is a responsibility and delight. Because the other one was. The third one there, you can see there on 47, was I have a clear vision of the future, or, or my clear vision of the future helps others find their own direction. And that's basically what you just described, that you're already looking into what you want to do, and you're already projecting out like where you see a bump and you want to solve it. And it's such a strong drive in you. Your husband sees it, you see it. And yet I know you like to, to, to have balance, which we all need. We need to let go too. We need to let go. But and I'm not saying don't let go ever, you know, and don't hold on to everything, but there's a time for you to be Jessica, the girl that's on it and after it. And then maybe there's a time in your life to also let go. But obviously, you know, I think, you know, in life, I, I was introduced to a man years ago through Oprah, this Harville Hendricks, who wrote a lot of books on marriage therapy and imago therapy. And he always talks about how we're drawn to people in our lives, partners in our lives that help heal parts of our childhood. And I've always thought of that because my partner now, my husband, Sam, is very different. He's more passive. He's more, he more goes with the flow and lets me do my thing. At times it's too much. He doesn't, you know, he, he always has things to share and contribute, but he doesn't like to be the driver. He likes to be a passenger and he likes me driving. And when I ever get into that passenger kind of role, he's like, what's up? Why aren't you doing your thing here? And so we've now built a relationship that for me, and I was married to a beautiful lady who was smart and we were very like-minded where she and I didn't never had that, that energy because we're both very go-getters, you know, and, and that's fine. And that's probably why at the end it was hard for us to work together because we both wanted to run our company, which I had my face on and yet it wasn't working anymore uh, once we were divorcing and all that. So it's tricky, but I can just tell you this, just let it play out for a week, Jessica, and see how it feels, you know, saying those affirmations. And then, you know, and you can share this with your loved ones too and get them involved and anyone listening it doesn't mean you're wrong or you're right. It just means there may be more to you that has been neglected. It needs a little more love. And then, you know, and if you can give it more of that attention and acknowledge it, it kind of then, I mean, all I can say, it feels like freedom. And that's yes. what we want. That's the happiness. That's the power that I was looking for was I didn't have to work to be happy. I just wanted to be me, you know, and, and by finally saying, all right, this part of me, yeah, I'm this kind of a guy. You know, I'm, you know, or for you, maybe it's I'm a little more active than I am passive, passive and yet I want to be this woman that lets go. And you do at times, but obviously when you're in a certain environment, you're more active, that might be a part of you. And to acknowledge that may give you a new sense of higher level of freedom. I, I don't know if yeah. that would oh, be the case. Does that feel more like you or possible? Absolutely. I mean, it's resonating with me so much. And it's this is what I feel is the future of, of healing is not the idea of fixing so much as embracing and understanding yeah. your nature. Because sometimes the things like everything has a dark side 
and a light yeah. side. And there's a dark side to my wanting to fix everything in the future, but there's also <laughs> the light side, which I should embrace. Yes, yes. So I love that. And it's and it's just a part and and it's it feels like this isn't like like because you have to separate things that are taught versus things that are you. You know, right. I was taught to be a good Catholic. I was taught to never get divorced. I was taught to be a certain way. And you know, certain things in me have remained, you know, like I value my family and I love my kids. And when I, when I, Sam and I met three years ago, my husband right now, you know, we got married a year ago. One of the very first things I said to him is I, I knew this part of me wasn't changing because it wasn't something just taught, but it was something I valued in my heart was family. And I knew that because, you know, as much as I married my wife, probably just so we could work together more closely and cohesively, we also had kids. And from that family came. And for me, family's everything. And I had met people when I was, you know, after my divorce that weren't the right guys for me and weren't family men and weren't into family and family for me is everything. And that's something for me that I know is, is in my heart. It's not just something my grandma told me that family is important. So you got to separate and it's just sitting down and journaling and kind of dancing with the question of what feels right and really, you know, talking it out, writing it out like what we're doing right now, you know, and I do this on Facebook, uh, usually during the week we're on a hiatus right now, but if any of your listeners ever want to join me on a Facebook stream, I always stream at four o'clock California time, Monday through Wednesday, and we talk about all sorts of things. So That's please awesome. know that we can do that on a live stream and, you know, and what you just did, I applaud you, Jessica, because it's hard to do it and share it and, and embrace it, but you know, it's something you want to start thinking about. And on that path, you become more of yourself. You know, and it doesn't mean that there's parts of you that are bad. It's just parts that maybe were underutilized. That's all. Yes, you know. absolutely. Yeah. Jorge, do you have time for two quick questions? No, let's do it. Over? Let's okay. Do it. I no, have... I know we're running over, but let's keep going. I mean, awesome. I, we can talk about whatever two more things you want. You got it. Well, I have two questions I love to ask all new guests. Um, let's do it. My first question is if you could share with us something that at the time seemed horrible and ended up becoming a big blessing. Well, I mean, probably the worst day of my life was, you know, was my telling my wife that I needed a divorce. It was the most difficult time in my life because, you know, she was my best friend and we decided to run a business together. We had two sons together and it was the hardest decision I ever had to do, you know, is to say we needed to change the relationship and not make it a marriage. But, you know, we can work together, but she wanted a marriage and she didn't want to work together. So. We had to figure that out, but I can tell you, if I hadn't gone through that 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 process, I know with one door, I know it's hard when people have a door closed or you have to say goodbye to someone or end a relationship or end a job or end anything. Most endings are hard because it's a change, and and you know, and I hate to to be biased because most new things are also very stressful for people: a new job, going to school for the first time, a new marriage. I mean, that can be as equally stressful, but whatever it is that's new or old, that's ending or starting, it all happens for a reason. And that is something that I've known for years. I, I feel like Louise Hay herself, when I met her for the first time 20 years ago, 15, 15 and a half years ago, I think it was, we had a beautiful lunch at the Westgate Hotel in downtown San Diego, and she welcomed me to Hay House. And I, I don't know, Louise, you've met her many a times yes. as well. She has this gorgeous aura and she's like an angel on earth. And she somehow 
knew much more than who I was. And I had only written maybe five books or six books at the time. I hadn't even reached double digits yet, you know, as an author. (laughs) But she had, and she gave me great advice. And I think the most important advice outside of the affirmations that she gave me, because that is why with Choice One, I created these custom affirmations so we can affirm the light, if you will, like you said beautifully. But she said, everything happens for a reason. And I think that was the light I needed to know that even though I went through this very hard thing, like you said, you know, what's the hardest thing you've been through? Well, it was ending my marriage to my wife. It was so hard because I didn't want to let down my grandmother. I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to let down my kids. I didn't want to embrace what that meant, which meant, why is he getting divorced? You guys are getting along. Is he with another woman? I'm like, no, I'm gay. It's worse than that. (laughs) Answer. And it was hard because I didn't even, I couldn't even say the word I'm gay. I said, I'm attracted to men and I don't know what's up, but I'm going to work with a therapist. I'm going to try to figure this out, but I know I am this and I've been this forever. And I always thought it was just because I didn't have a close relationship to this person or that person or my father. And it wasn't any of that. It's just who I was. So that was the hardest thing. But, you know, my favorite speech on YouTube for anyone out there is this. I'm sure you've probably seen it, Jessica, but it's a beautiful commencement address. I'm I'm obsessed with this one. I'm so obsessed. I couldn't believe that you wrote Uh about it in your book because I had an amazing experience the first time I watched it. So go ahead and continue. In a nutshell, because isn't it similar? Doesn't that ring? Yes. Well, and that's why I asked this question, because it's it's this idea that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect Uh, them looking back. So you have to trust in something greater than yourself. And yes, and that's why I love this question, because in those moments when I ask this question for those who right now are having a hard time to realize the possibility that this could be the biggest blessing of your life one day. That's what, that's exactly what Louise Hay told me, that everything happens for a reason and that, and it's hard to think that, hey, you know, I'm going through this horrible time. And, you know, in today's world with politics and all the chaos of our world, people are stressed out. They think the world's coming to an end. But you know what? You have to have faith and you control what you can control, but you let go where you can't control. And we can't control the world, but we can control our thoughts. And that's what I learned from Louise many years ago. And through powerful affirmations, we can create the thoughts that we need that will improve our lives. And I think if we can all, I hate to say, take a little responsibility and just focus in on ourselves, you know, kind of like what they always say when a plane is about to crash, put on the mask first, even though that feels very selfish. But if you can be the first one to take care of yourself, then you can be there for everyone else. And we're all here to help others. But if we can't be there for ourselves first and we're not happy, it's hard to help others when you're unhappy. So I would say, really think that out, guys, and know that everything happens for a reason and that there's always light and just trust. It's like what you said at that commencement address, the dots will connect in the future. They really will. Yes. Okay. My last question, it's a silly one, but I love it. If if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Well, I love the water and I'm a Pisces. I'm March 6th. So I'd probably be like a fish. I don't think I'd be a goldfish, but something lasts a little longer, I hope. But I love the water. Uh, I, I love, uh, I, I, I'm just a water sign. So I'm a Pisces. Love I, think it. I would be in the ocean. I'd go to the Caribbean or, or Kauai. My favorite island in the world is in Hawaii. It's the green island of Kauai. I love Hanalei Bay. I'd be a fish swimming in there maybe or, okay. or make a dolphin. <laughs> I don't know. Something in Hanalei Bay. 
I yeah, how about, love how about that. You, how about uh, you have one that you can share? I like, do. I, I People think this is silly, but I would love to be a gorilla because oh. they oh. – they have big, they have their families, like their big family and community. And yes, they're, they're very tribal like that. They're yeah. very tribal. They're mostly vegetarian for the most part. They do eat yeah. some meat once. They and they're plant-based foods. They yes. have plant-based foods. And they all they do is sit like lie down and eat, which I love if like my life was just sitting and eating and then being <laughs> super strong. Oh At my the God. same they time, six pack, or they have great bodies. They were very muscular. They're so muscular. It, it, they just, but they are lazy too. I love it. <laughs> they rest. They take balance. Yeah, they are. They're very. They're kind of like us, unfiltered, right? A little more the way we used to be, you know. And yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, and I, I don't know why I like the water, but I guess I just love sunshine and blue skies and water. So. Put me in there, and I'll be I'll be a dolphin, and I'll and I'll I'll wave from you from the water. How's right? <laughs> Isn't it fun? I feel like you just learn yeah. a certain aspect of what someone loves or their personality uh-huh. when you ask them about what animal resonates with them. Oh no <laughs> question. And Jessica, I hope to if you ever come to Malibu, I have to invite you on one of my Facebook streams. I'd love to have you on one of our streams. We don't do them every day, but you know, if you're ever in California, please know that we'd love to have you out here as well. We can talk about your project is I'm a huge fan of tapping and I think all your work is absolutely extraordinary. Thank you so much, Jorge. I, I so appreciate it. And you are always welcome on this show whenever you want to come oh, back. And I would I, love that. I recommend to everyone who's listening, pick up Jorge Cruz's new book, The Three Choices, Simple Practices to Transform Pain into Power. Jorge, once again, thank you so much. Of course, Jessica, all my best. All right. Take all good right. care. Take Peace care. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.